Hello, my name's Elton and welcome to the That's So Craven podcast, the community where we discuss everything that is Fulham. Come and join me and my sons, Jack and Sam, as we discuss, debate and arm wrestle everything about our wonderful football club. We're now also streaming live on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook and Twitch. We really hope you'll enjoy the next episode. So without any further delay, over to you, Jack. And welcome to the That's So Craven podcast, your Fulham podcast from Down Under. We are back again, uh, our second podcast of the new season. It is a pink preseason and our preparation is in progress. The US Summer Series is all finished now. We've got one more game to go in preseason until the season starts in just 10 days from now. Here to discuss it all, we have Sam. How are we going? Hello. I am good. I am good. I was late to the pre-pod scheduled meeting, but I am here now, ready and accounted for. That's a, a light way of putting it to the scheduled meeting being the start time of the podcast. Um, <laughs> yes. But, yes. But you're here now, so that's all that matters. And Dad, how are we going today? Uh, I'm very well, thanks. Uh, hello, family, and I'm happy to be here. You fully zenned out after your yoga session? Yeah, I thought I'd... Um... Kind of go for a matching uh, water bottle top and uh, hoodie for those uh, monochrome on the live stream. It's very, it's very strong. It's, it's very actually strong. Uh, matching last season's away kit with your mint color there, but we're, yeah. we're obviously brand new. I'm, I'm, brand I'm, new a, mint. I'm just a beat behind, you know. That's how it goes. I was, yeah. I, I was thinking more Tiffany and Co. I thought I thought you were going for. <laughs> I'll pay that. Um, I'll pay teal. Yeah. So look, guys, um, let's start by just recapping the summer series. It's all finished up now. Um, look, it's a great experience for Fulham to go out to the US, uh, connect with the fans over there as well. I, I don't know if you both saw the events that Fulham and, um, you know, the Fulham DC group, the Fulham PH Philadelphia group, um, and and the Fulham Supporter Relations team as well, putting on some really great events over there. We saw Brian McBride at um, at least one of them. Uh, obviously, Fulhamish and Russ uh, did a live podcast as well before the very first game of the Summer Series. Uh, it's been a really good experience, I think, um, you know, in a market that Fulham are obviously quite well known in anyway, but I mean, looking around the grounds, there weren't a huge number of Fulham shirts there. So it, it probably was a good commercial exercise, at least, getting Fulham out to the US. Um, the results may be not as positive as we'd liked, but it's quite obvious we were under undermanned compared to some of the other teams. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed when uh, Aston Villa were making their substitutions in that second game and we saw you know established internationals coming off the bench for Villa 
and we were bringing on our under 18s pretty much yeah. uh it it well, really emphasized the gap in squad depth that we currently have at the moment and that we're hoping is being turned around as we speak and and similarly when in the second half against the chelsea um <laughs> they Nine. literally oh, they literally trotted out an entire new new team um <sighs> and well, we made some substitutions, but um, yeah, <laughs> I mean it's just miles apart. Miles they don't apart. have a hard grit, a hard grit from being no, no, able I'm, to I'm, endure. I'm, I'm, I'm not, ex- <laughs> I'm not expressing uh, any kind of jealousy or envy at who they are. I'm just talking about numbers here, sheer numbers. Yeah, no, I'm trying to put a positive spin on it. I like, <laughs> I like the idea of us being grizzled and just like, like solidified by doing the extra miles. Well, I think that the truth of it is, I think the body's become solidified by about February, you know, when under complete stress, uh, it all goes bad. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, there's, um, there's definitely positives to take from it, though. I mean, just to recap, I guess some of the positives that I saw, we saw the emergence of Luke de Fougerolles, nailed the pronunciation, um, and you know, potentially someone who could be a, a big part of the squad this season. I know Marco in one of his press conferences said for centre backs this year, we're sorted, and that's assuming that Tosin is out the door. We've only signed Bassi to basically replace Tosin, and so maybe Luke de Fugerols actually does come into that that's not starting lineup as such but he sits as our backup defender in sort of the Shane Duffy ilk if you will where he'll get off the bench if we really need him but um we don't need any extra depth because we've got a player like that floating around the squad so um I, I think that was a huge positive I saw really good performances and and good moments from um Dibley Diaz uh, Luke Harris looked good when he came off the bench Stansfield looked busy um, in terms of the new signings, I thought Bassey against Chelsea looked really exciting. Weird yeah, thing to say about great. the defender, but um, strong boy. I like that. And mm. pretty pretty smart as well. He was moving out of position to make interceptions multiple times, winning the ball comfortably, and just looking really comfortable slotting straight into that back line, which is exactly what you want when you're signed only two, two and a half weeks out from the season starting. So there's definitely some positives to take from the summer series. There were a few little injuries. I know Polina was a big worry. It looks like he is probably going to be good for the start of the season based on, I mean, it's based on an Instagram video of him using a resistance band. So it's not yeah. hugely scientific. But, um, Dad, your thoughts on this summer series? I know we, we were lucky enough to see Fulham come out to Australia well, 10, 15 years ago now. Um and I think that gave a bit of a boost to all fans over here. Um, but what positives are you taking from Fulham's time in the US? Yeah, interestingly, I think you read my mind there where my mind was going for comparisons because I I, I was recalling the Fulham tour of um, Australia. When was that, Jack? Is that maybe... It was the 10, Europa 10 League season, 09-10. Yeah. And... and I'd say that the summer series in the US is a much bigger thing, much more uh, organized. I think there is a bit of a PR machine that's going along uh, for the ride. And I think they've 
rightfully made a big play for the market. Um, obviously, Fulham's got a big connection um, historically with the with the US, and also you know with the the ownership and the, I suppose the cross marketing opportunities between the Khan's other franchises. But I, I I just think it's a great thing, which I, it seems that the US fan base has really grabbed the opportunity as well. And yeah. have really mm-hmm. relished it, and felt really felt a part of it, which is fantastic because there's huge, massive upside for growth, for Fulham support in that area, and and it's good to see the club doing, you know, something pretty serious uh, about sharing it out to that fan base. Yeah, I reckon I reckon the summer series is actually going to start being a pretty legitimate thing that they're going to be doing going forward, just with the introduction of people like Messi in the U S game. And they're really real. I mean, this is the best opportunity that they're going to have in like the last 10 years to really, really build upon like the U S audience. And it's really, it's awesome that we are actually a part of this because we might not get invited back um, next year for whatever this grows to be. Um, also as well, I, I, I mean, it's really hard to like actually determine how you fared in these matchups but one thing i think is really important to note is it was really really hot there really 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 hot and um ah oh, i i linked it to both you guys i was listening to this really really good podcast with tim ream and andreas Pereira for tim ream's podcast he was just interviewing andreas about um his time in brazil and how it's so, so hot there when you like you play and it actually makes you so much better when you go back to Europe because you can play with so much more intensity because you've had a like you've had you've been playing your game essentially um, against the elements. So I'm glad we had a preseason against the elements. It's well, it's the, like the, one, people... the one thing that's you, 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 you know, I, I don't know how to easily overcome it. Maybe you can't, but the the, the pitch speed is a big thing, isn't it? Yeah. You know, they, those those pitches are pretty dry and it's definitely a, a big challenge for them to play in the way that they want to play, particularly early doors where, you you, you know, you do want to establish um, that dynamic pretty early on. And you could see them really struggling. So not only are they getting sort of slow roasted, you know, in the temperatures, but, um, you know, the, the, the pitches are very, very different. And I think that's yeah. really hard for them. Really, really difficult yeah. for them. I saw I saw Modric actually say um, a couple of weeks ago that if you can't like play a fast game, um, and you're just try to slow the game down as much as you can, because then it just all comes down to skill <laughs> and how you plan out the game. So, from a tactical point of view, I think it's actually pretty good that this happened this way for us, at least. Uh, I'm not sure about that. I think I saw that. Two of the games were played on hybrid artificial turf, which is something that's not allowed in the Premier League, at least. And, you know, I think the one benefit about playing a lot of games at home is you you play on your home ground where you're going to be playing 19 of your Premier League games for the season. Yeah, we effectively totally. have just played three away games uh, in rough conditions. And I, I, agree, I do agree, I think playing in that extra heat will definitely help with fitness same as if you're playing at altitude i think 
you tr- you train at altitude to you know adjust your lungs to to work better when you're down at sea level again so uh, i think there's definitely a benefit there but in terms of the pitch and the facilities that didn't quite look up to scratch for me and i would have liked yeah. an extra game at craven cottage but what i will say is often we see preseason games we play crawley town and we play um you know kidderminster harriers and teams like that and it's a great experience for those fans of those teams because they get to play a Premier League club. But the benefit of this summer series was he played against three Premier League teams who put out fairly full-strength squads in both in all three of the games. So totally. we did get a decent workout against decent teams. So we'll definitely benefit from that. I think the one issue, though, is we've gone to the US and spent quite a large chunk of our preseason away from, away from England. And... Mm that travel time might have actually meant that we've missed out on getting another extra preseason game in, in that period of time. And I think going into the season, we're going to be looking at playing only four, maybe five games before the season actually starts. It just feels like we're slightly undercooked. And I, I mean, we'll, we'll know a lot that. more after the that. next preseason game, but um, there's the commercial side of things and the engagement with fans, which I think is great. And, you know, I'm definitely not saying we shouldn't do this because as overseas fans ourselves, I would love for, and I cross my fingers every time it comes around the preseason tours get announced. I always cross my fingers that Fulham are coming back out here because it was such a great experience last time it happened. But at the same time, I actually think for the benefit of the team, it's better to go and do a couple of weeks in Portugal in hot weather where it's an hour's flight and you can quickly nip back. Oh, not an hour's flight, but you know what I mean. It's it's close. You mm. can quickly get back to London. You're not changing time zones. You're not disrupting the preseason too much. And uh, I, we'll we'll soon find out. We'll see how ready we are for the first game of the year. But I just feel we're we're fractionally undercooked at the moment. Well, I think it's um, it's really in two parts, isn't it? It's that marketing exercise which we've been part of, and you know, excellent. I don't think you could detract from that at all but it's a bit of a compound effect with injury sustained to key players you know Tom Kearney Mm. picked up a a niggle don't know how bad that is Mm. but that would be unfortunate if I mean it's a soft tissue injury so you have to be pretty careful and you know he he may or may not be fit uh in in 10 days time which would be a real problem um and you know, you know, Harrison Reed got a couple of knocks and didn't look. Tete got a knock. It, yeah, it it's it it compounds the problem of an already under underweight squad, and yeah. it's concerning. And I think you made a comment. Um, you made a comment about um, the number of, you know, preseason games on home soil that other teams have had compared to us, and it's significant. Yeah. Well, let's look forward to our next game, which is against Hoffenheim, uh, obviously a team in the Bundesliga. Um, I don't know exactly how they went. I should have checked that beforehand. Let's have a quick look at how Hoffenheim <laughs> went last season. Um, Bundesliga, obviously, you know, a, a fairly two-horse race most of the time. Um, Hoffenheim last season finishing 12th out of 18 teams, um, only really avoided relegation by about three points, but... So did quite a few teams last season. So 
I'd say they're very comfortably a mid-table side. It's probably a team that on our day we should look at beating. Um, so I think this is going to give us a better test. And obviously with the season being much closer as well, I expect we'll see pretty much the side that we're going to be putting out against Everton, unless mm. there's a few signings that have just signed. You know, We'll, we'll cover some, some transfer news uh, in a little bit later in the podcast, but I'd expect we'll see pretty close to a full 11, apart from maybe Polina, who... I assume we'll give a little bit longer to recover. Um, this game is an 8 p.m. kickoff for us over in Western Australia, 10 p.m. for the East Coast of Australia. It's a 1 p.m. kickoff on Saturday, the 5th of August in London. And for our American listeners, it's a 5 a.m. Pacific, 8 a.m. Eastern kickoff. Um, so a little bit of an early morning for those on the West Coast, but... Uh, hopefully a good game to get up and around. I'm not 100% sure where we're going to be streaming this one. Um, hopefully we can find a legitimate and legal stream because that's the right thing <laughs> to do. Uh, but oh. if not, I'm sure there are people around who can find out ways to watch this game. But we obviously do. Back to the good old days. That. Yeah. <laughs> Gamble responsibly. Um, <laughs> talking of this game, though, obviously we saw the signings of Jimenez and Bassi confirmed in the last couple of days. Uh, Sam, I'll throw to you. We're expecting both of them to start in this game. Yeah, potentially. I really, I really liked um, Jimenez um, when uh, he played the second half against Chelsea. Um, I, I, re- I really like what he seems to be also he does seem like he has like a lot more fire under his belly than anything I saw from wolves um so yeah i i mean i i i kind of write off the first half against chelsea but the second half when ambassy came on and imenez came on i like that is like night and day and i was like okay this looks good this looks promising very very mm-hmm. different to mitrovic but i actually think that that's like a really good thing um and ah oh, like a front three of uh william uh, Wilson and Jimenez. I'm really excited for that. I reckon that could be really cool. So, yeah, I'd 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 I'd, I'd say I'd say Jimenez starts, and I yeah, I'm I'm really excited for that. I'm really tired. I feel like I'm going to ramble a lot. So yeah, just be prepared for that. Like my my brain is my brain is at limited capacity. So for all you all you listeners, I'm I'm just you just you know just sit back, just roll with it. Sam's going to be saying things, and yeah. That's that's just just a, just, just another just another day in paradise, Sam. It's just another day in paradise. Oh. Imagine if he actually rocked up on time, though. Ah, <laughs> oh, I'm not sure if it would be that much better, to be honest. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Dad, same question to you: Are so. we we expecting Bassi and Diop to start at the centre of defence, or do you think there's the possibility of uh, Defuzeroles being given another start to see if he's actually ready to potentially? step into that role or, or do we see maybe Tim Ream get a start because you know we haven't seen him at all in preseason so far I think he's expecting to be fit for the first game he hasn't had a run out though and you don't really bring on a defender for 45 minutes in a game do you think it's going to be a chance to give Ream a bit of minutes on the pitch well it's a it's, it's quite a high risk to not give him any preseason game time isn't it um I, I've heard words that he's very, very fit and other than, you know, strength or pain in his shoulder, 
he's you know he's in good nick and and he's a very very fit professional athlete so you'd expect him to have done the work to prepare himself but i'd 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 love for him to get minutes whether or not he starts i'd love for him to get minutes in this game timmering um Mm. i look i am really excited about the fusarol i i think we've really found something there and um i love the way that in just a handful of days we actually are getting closer to actually mentioning his name properly we hope Um, the disappointing thing is i can't get his name on the back of my shirt yet (laughs) (laughs) um i've I've got some permanent marker i'll do it for you and if you like but (laughs) look i you know i think i don't think um i'm speaking out of turn in saying that if if he started um you know, against Everton, I don't think there'd be anyone nervous or upset or even surprised to Fusarol. Um So I, I, I love the fact that he, um, you know, he's, he's, he's cover for Tete, potentially cover for Diop in the, the, the right-sided centre-back. Um, yeah, I, I loved uh, what I saw in Bassey. I thought he was dominant. I thought he looked like a really smart footballer. Um, and I, I know people made comments about a couple of his passes that were ambitious and didn't quite come off. Don't care. You can see he, he's, he's, he's a baller. He's actually a very good player. And mm. he just looks like the kind of player that is going to really develop under Silva. And you um, saying baller there as well. That was very... Very woke of you. Yeah, uh, he's a topical man. Sorry, <laughs> Elton's, Elton's up to date. Elton's up to date. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. Um, I didn't know there was a woke term. I just thought it was a more recent term. I'm not even no, sure I if you like can really it. call it a I woke like term. To be maybe honest, not woke. But... Maybe not woke. Maybe just he's in touch with the youth. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. See, I have a wide appeal. <laughs> it was a present response. I haven't, I haven't worn my green hoodie. You know. Yeah, I um, know. look, look. I, um, you know, honestly, if you look at the Robinson and um, Bassey on the left side, and and that's assuming he nudges Ream out, that's exciting. That's really exciting. Mm. Um, in fact, it it kind of makes the right of centre back look a little bit weaker. Not 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 Kenny, but you know, maybe maybe that right centre back. Uh, it certainly doesn't have the flair. He looked more composed and, uh, yeah, settled on the ball than D- Diop did from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want I want Bassey to start, and I'm going to tell you why. Because, again, I implore everybody to listen to um, Tim Ream's podcast. I think it's called The American Dream. I forget. But um, Tim Ream was saying that his preparation for the last couple of seasons has just been to – um, try to be fitter than every single person when he arrives and any person in his position, he essentially just, he thri- He says he thrives on that because anytime he thinks anyone's going to be better than him, that's when he just knuckles down. And then as a result, that's how we've had the last two seasons of Super Saiyan Prime Tim Ream. So I want Bassey to start and I want Tim Ream to go, okay, 
that just means I got to get even better than I was before. And then Tim Ream will essentially become God mode and I will be very happy. <laughs> well, you're right, Sam, in that he's, Tim Ream is never going to be a man to throw his toys out of the cot because he's mm. displaced. A, because yeah. he's 34, 35 years of age. He will absolutely take that on and try and bust his way back in. And yeah. what could be better? What could I've be got, better? I've got, I've got so much respect for the man. And just if you've ever heard like any of the other players just talk about how ridiculously fit Tim Ream is and how he's just like such an animal when it comes to like training and preseason stuff. Ah, oh, I love the guy. I love Tim Ream so much. Can we, can we just, uh, um, Colm just, uh, I think it was Colm who just mentioned something about Mbabu. It was. Um, I want to shit on Mbabu? Mbabu. Yeah, I thought that Mbabu uh, was was leaving the club. Uh, I'm not sure. I, there was there. I do remember towards the end of last season there were some rumours that he had agreed to leave on a free, and effectively it seemed like we were potentially terminating his contract at one point to get rid of him. But uh, look, I, I do. There's Colm's comment here for those on the live, not on the live stream rather, are the Castagna rumours re-emerging due to Tete's injury? I don't have good feelings about Mbabu. Now, Tete did pick up a knock. He did um, feature again, though, and played on. I don't think it's too serious. It doesn't look too serious. Um, in terms of Mbabu, he, he got played mainly at left back during the summer series, which, again, we just know it's not his preferred position, and it's a position that he unfortunately, just can't really play in. I still mm. think that there were some moments from him where he didn't look terrible. And as a backup right back, if you're not having to sign another player, I don't think it's the worst option to have him there because I know he, he has the ability deep down somewhere. And we always talk about how Marco can bring it out of players. If Marco has decided to keep him around and not flog him off, then I think... And, and you know he's giving him minutes in preseason as well. I don't think he'd be well, doing that. He'd come be on. come well, on. Well, no, he'd We're be playing sure. another centre defender and playing uh, diffuser roles on at right back because that's where he actually plays. He's playing mm. people and giving them an opportunity. I, I think I think Mbabu still has a part to play in the greater squad as a whole. I don't think he's anywhere near the starting eleven, and I think realistically, I it's a to really it's a coin toss disagree. between. It's a coin toss between Defusier Rolls and Mbabu if you have an injury at right back. I, I feel like, um, and again, I you know I hate to sound personal, but I I, 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 I do believe. No, no, no. Uh, he looks like a very nice man. I do believe <laughs> that if if we're relying on Kevin Mbabu, we are you know fighting for relegation. Um, that's the feel I, I have. Of, we're not, that, that's but we're not relying on Mbabu. He's yeah, we're not. No, but as a backup, as a backup, you you, you have to have a backup, uh, an eligible backup in every position. Uh, yeah, so but that's like not saying, relying on him to start. I, th I think like it's deep we, that, we're relying on we're relying on Rodak because, but we're not. We rely we rely on R Leno as our starting keeper. Rodak is an okay backup option. I don't feel confident having him play, but as a backup option, sitting there on the bench comfortably and not whinging, I'm okay yeah. with it. And I think Babu sits in the same boat. I, I, I want to expand on Jack's point as well, because I feel that um, I feel that there's actually a really, really lovely energy at Fulham at the moment, pretty much across the park, bar one striker that we will not name. Um, but I feel that Kevin Mbabu seems actually quite largely unproblematic and 
he he's, he seems to be well liked by the other guys, and I think this is Silver's way of going. You know what? You clearly aren't causing any beef here. I want to give you some time and some minutes just to see where we're at because, yeah, you might not be the direct backup, but if injuries happen, he's he's going to be needed in some capacity. So it's important to get him minutes for somebody who's unproblematic, I think. Yeah, okay. similarly with uh, like but- people like Shane Duffy. Like Shane Duffy needed minutes because every now and then we might rely on him. And and look, I'd agree. Shane Duffy was not at the level we expect of a starting eleven player, but yeah. as someone on the bench who you could pop, who you might have to turn to at some point, I think he does a good enough job. Mm. It's not a good job, but it's a good enough job to get by for twenty minutes if Tete went down injured. Um, yeah. After that, I'd actually be probably tossing up and putting Defuja rolls in at right back rather than Babu. I mean, yeah, I but think at least prag- at least we look, know it's that. pragmatic. It's pragmatic. We, we're, we're struggling to sign players all over the park. And I think if given a choice, we would sign someone of, of, a, of a much better class. We just would. Um, but whether whether it's dollars or whether we just can't seem to land someone, um, I, I, I can't, I cannot be believing that Silver thinks he's of a standard that we want to be at going forward, not buying it. I mean, I mean, in terms of depth, I kind of do. I mean, my, my biggest takeaway from this whole summer series is Silver's been able to give minutes to younger players, which last preseason and last season, he just wasn't able to. So the idea that we've got young hungry guys who actually could potentially feature in the squad within a mix of like proper Premier League quality players. I I, th- I think that's a really, really exciting prospect for us. I don't know. Um, the one final thing to sort of cover in this Hoffenheim preseason game, and let's keep it to one word each if we can. Dad, I'll start with you. Does Mitro start or play any part in this game? No. Sam? Nope. Yep. Well, there we go. Um, I, I <laughs> we can expand on that. Can I, can I expand I'd on agree. it? <laughs> go on, Dad, expand. You love an expansion. Yeah, go, go give us your reasons. Nothing I think they're pretty obvious. With, no, nothing to do with the obvious. Um, I, I want to give Jimenez a proper opportunity on home soil yeah. at the cottage I want to give him every opportunity to get a bit of confidence, maybe score a couple of goals against a weaker opposition. And it might be a, a really good warm up for Everton. And if he scores one, uh, yeah, let's say he scores a goal and has a really good 90 minutes, he starts against Everton. Yeah. Well, what you're saying there then is you want to give him and as a crack, fair enough. He's not going to play a full 90 minutes, realistically. Um, so are you saying then Vinicius comes off the bench for 30 minutes? Sure. Potentially, yeah. And so Actually, at that point, Mitro definitely doesn't play the Everton game because Mitro hasn't had any minutes so far this season. So, but uh, And as Black, White and Fred has said on our live stream here... Thank you, I was um, going to say. At, ...at this point, is it now better if Mitro leaves? And And that's a question because at what point do you effectively forgive and forget and move on uh, and bring him back into the fray because 
are we going to leave him out all season because he wanted to go elsewhere? Or do you actually make use of a striker who we know can do it in the Premier League? I think, I think genuinely you can't make him like, I, I, I feel that um, his attitude at this stage, and this is my opinion, this is just my opinion, but I feel that this, his attitude at this stage would only kind of bring what the squad is kind of down. I really like how hungry Vinicius is. I really like how hungry Raul, Raul is. And I don't think Mitrovic is going to be bringing that. And until he proves to us that he is serious, he is committed to the club again, I don't have any real interest in trying to integrate and back him. Because but you're, like what- you're not... You're- you're not seeing that sound because that happens on the training ground and around yeah. Motspur Park. You you can't make a call and say I have because he hasn't given you a personal apology. He's he's realistically he's not going to come out and apologize to all the fans for asking for a transfer. That never happens with players. They don't do that, and he's not going to do that. We uh, yeah. we've got to move on at some point, and if he doesn't leave, we're not going to leave one of our highest paid players training with the under twenty ones all season. That's dumb. And Marco has come out and said, I I like Mitro. I get on with him. People think he's hard to manage. I don't. We've had chats about how everything's going. Marco has said he's, he's back training with the team again. And they're obviously trying to repair the relationship. I think we as fans need to actually move on a little bit because he's going to play for us at some point. And you have to reintegrate him into the team at some point as well. Is he though? I'm not sure if he is. My- my my comment uh, uh, when I said no to Mitro starting was purely that we need to fast track the integration of Jimenez, in my view, because mm. he's a very, very good option. And if this works for our structure or we can, you know, integrate him into a slightly amended structure, this could be really, really good for the club. Um, Mitro is a proven player within this team in a Premier League level. So I've got no issue. There's there's no risk in terms of whether Mitro can do it or not for Fulham. Mm-hmm. And I believe that Marco will sort that problem out and eventually Mitro will want to play football. If he doesn't leave, he'll eventually come round and um, he will have a big enough ego that when he goes out there, he'll want to score goals. And if we start doing well despite him, he'll want to be part of it. So I've, I've got no problem about that. And I don't mind if he... If that happens in the the third or fourth round, I don't care. Um, But what I do want is someone who's clearly as hungry as Jimenez to be given every opportunity to hit the ground absolutely blazing and firing. Totally. Well, I mean, Jimenez, good player. He's four years older than Mitro. He hasn't scored a goal for the last, well, at all last season. I know we want to give him time, but if we're... If we take all the emotion out of it, how are we going to win games of football? It's by putting the best 11 out on the park. Mitro is a better striker than Jimenez. Otherwise, uh, the Saudis would be coming after Jimenez and spending 50 million on him, and Mitro would be transferring to Wolves for 5 million pounds. It's just not the way it's happening. Wolves have let go a player for a pittance. And Mitro's being chased by Inter Milan and the Saudis. Like he's, He's obviously a better player. If you take the emotion out of it, we should be trying to reintegrate Mitro as fast as possible, and he should be starting against Hoffenheim so that he's ready for the first game of the season. 
Counterpoint, though. Um, uh, Saudis wouldn't have been going after him uh, given Mitrovic under Scott Parker. He's had an amazing, amazing run of form. I mean, he's always been good, but he's had like an amazing run of form with Silver these past couple of seasons. And I think that's what's drawn the attention of the Saudis. And I feel that Raul can potentially get back to that level under Silver as well. Yeah, but if you if you're having to pick a player who has proven over the last twelve months that they can score goals against a player who hasn't scored any goals in the last twelve months, you'd always pick the form player. There, there's no yeah, doubting that. You're right, not Jack. me. Yeah, I'm petty. I'm petty. I'm I'm annoyed at. But I'm I'm so saying I'm to you, Sam, <laughs> as, as to to try and actually analyze this, if you take you have to take the emotion out of it and say, how do we win games of football? Because that's that's the way we stay in the Premier League and continue to progress as a team i think jimenez is a great signing but if we actually want to win games of football and Mitro's not leaving we need to reintegrate him as fast as possible back into the team to get the best possible results you're you're right but but it's it's actually it's actually apart from the fact that he hasn't been training with the team i almost don't care because Mitrovic, on one leg standing in the box can still put away headers Right, mm. so I'm I'm less worried about getting Metro up to speed. We've been through a little drama with him, but it is you're t- you're completely right about the comparative value or excellence or you know form quality of those two players based on the value that they hold in the market. But you're also got to be playing a pragmatic game here. We, we mm. clearly don't know what's really going on behind the scenes. But if I'm Silver. And I'm hedging my bets. Whilst it's gone quiet on the Saudi front for Metro, he could still walk out the door. That could still happen. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, there's still a so, month of the transfer so, window left. And I think the, the Saudis have got another two weeks after. Or, or, haven't they got another extra two weeks or something like that? I um, thought they actually had less, but I'm not 100% sure. And I think it's two extra. But ne- nevertheless, you know, you if Tony Khan and the Saudis come to an agreement, he's gone. He wants to go. But I, I don't think Silva's even worrying about that. He's just going, there's a possibility that Mitro could leave. Yes, he hasn't been training. Now he's training with us. Does he have to start? Well, hang on. You know, Jimenez has played 45 minutes with this club. Um, what am I going to do? I, I would absolutely roll the dice on Jimenez. I really would. That would be my view. I think I think that's that's probably what we're going to end up doing because uh, you you are right. Sorry, I was I was wrong there. The Saudi window actually runs until the twentieth of September, so it runs. For you should almost come to a, me a lot, Jack. You should come to me often. At least I can admit I'm wrong. It runs for three weeks longer after our window actually closes. So the the issue there is. Our window closes, we can't bring in a replacement striker, and then Mitro leaves after our window's already closed. So there is there is a bit of an issue there. Um, but look, it's it's a tough one. I'm not really sure what happens. I think um, there, there's a lot of conversations happening at the moment behind the scenes that we're not privy to, and I'd be um, interested to see how it pans out over the next few weeks. Uh, I think we'll get a clearer picture of, of what's actually going to happen. And we saw when Tony Khan did catch up with Marco Silva, there was a flurry of activity. I expect that will happen a couple more times before the season starts and before the transfer window closes as well. Um, Let's push forward and look at some recent news from Fulham. The first 
Fulham Goes Pink. We've released our oh. shocking pink away kit. It's uh, divided opinions slightly. I know Steve Reynolds following along is very unhappy about this kit. Um, but uh, that might be, might not actually be true. Um, but look, <laughs> Just it's, slant, Steve. it's... Let's just say it is. Yeah. yeah How say dare Steve you, Steve? Um, Stephen. Look, it's... it's I, I love it personally. I think Fulham absolutely missed a trick by not um, promoting this alongside the release of the Barbie movie at the exact same time because yeah. doesn't Harry Wilson look exactly like Ken? Yeah. Um, but uh, look, I, I think it's a great kit. Uh, I'm, I actually prefer it to our home kit, which has grown on me. But I think if you're looking to make a statement, shocking pink as it's described is a, uh, a perfect way to go. And I love the look of it. I think uh, I also love the fact that we've gone with pink shirt, pink shorts and pink socks for the actual love away it. kit. Love um, it. I think we're going to have to you reckon, adjust the contrast on my TV though to get this right because it's going to be glowing do you the, otherwise. Do you reckon the designer um, got their mouse and just dragged the mouse to the outer side of the 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 color wheel and just went, yeah, that one. Yeah, I uh, think they just went. What is the pinkest possible pink? <laughs> like, what is the most offensively pink pink <laughs> that we can do? And uh, no, I no, I I was about to swear. No, you know, I fucking love it. It's so good. It's so great. Like I I've really I've really been so bored by like the past couple of away trips that we've done. Like maybe that's unpopular, but I mean, I'm I'm going to, I'm buying this. I'm straight up buying this. I got jow, I'm going to get jow on the back. I love this. I also oh, more so than anything, I love Jao Polini's modeling in this. He's so hilariously serious and really doesn't want to be there. Or maybe he does want to be there. I truly can't <laughs> tell. But it's just so fantastic. Everything about this I love. And yeah, as, as as you said before, I love that it's pink shorts and pink top. It's so it's so brash. I I love I love that Fulham is now a brash club. It's we're in your face, we're attacking, we're boisterous. I love this away kit. And I hate so does it. Harry Wilson does, does Harry Wilson actually go for like a pink top uh every every second week as well when we play away? Probably. Probably. Um I, I think it looks like in that picture Harry Wilson's slightly flexing the muscles as well. I think he's I don't know what Harry Wilson's this. doing. I don't know what Harry Wilson's <laughs> doing, but everything about it. Blue steel. Blue he's steel really is brilliant. Oh, Look, so I, I think it's it's a it's it's a great kit. I, I just love it. I, I'm a massive fan as well on kits where you go um, fully two-tone. So the fact that we don't have any white or red in the logo, we've gone with a black logo with a pink background and same mm. with the sponsor logo, just in all black rather than having too many colours on it. So it really focuses on the pink. Um, good to see this season as well. We'll have a third kit, which hasn't yet been released. Although um, I've heard that, it's a black, all black with pink highlights uh, in the same shocking pink. So um, I think this is, it's an iconic kit. It goes alongside the Harrods green kit, the yellow mm. third kit we had a few years ago, um, the orange kit we had in honour of Martin Yole during his time at the club, um, and the Pizza Hut kit. It's one of those ones oh. that will stand out as a kit that you just don't forget, and I, I love it. I can't wait to kit my little girl out in it. I think Lola will look great in a pink kit. And Alfie, has, I've already given Alfie the choice. Does he want the white one or the pink one? And he said pink. Definitely pink. <laughs> Dad, you, so you, you're, we, not, you're not huge on the kit, are you? 
This is this is where I the generational gap comes in. No, no, I don't. I don't hate it. Um, I just think it's it's such an extreme statement. Um, it's brash. But know. why is that bad? Like, just get in your face. It's great. It's so um, good. Yeah. No, At least Steve it's not saying the uh, the third kit is rumored to be a lime green mankini. Um, <laughs> Uh, I reckon Harry Wilson would pull it off looking at him in that photo as well. Honestly. <laughs> um, next little bit of news. Um, That's So Craven has released our Fantasy Premier League league. So for those who do enjoy a bit of fantasy, uh, I know most of us started at the start of the season with good intentions and drop it after a couple of weeks because we just can't keep up with it. But those who do enjoy it, please uh, do register. Our code there is... H-H-A-8-M-E. Sam, I'd like you to give me uh, those letters in... What's that alphabet called? I can't remember. Oh, I, what, I, what, what alphabet? What are in, you about? In your, in your version of it. You know when, uh, like, Whiskey Foxtrot? Give me your your version. Because I do know, I do know the right one. It's too late for this right now. What, what's going on? Um, what is it like? Um, Harry, like H for Harry to H for Harry, A for ass, eight. <laughs> I don't know. Like, what? What do you need from me? That's <laughs> is this is exactly what I was hoping for, to be honest, Sam. Try, try again from the start so okay, everyone can okay, actually okay. follow along. It's the phonetic alphabet, as Paul Steele um, okay, let's, tells me. No, no, I can make this full and related. Um, okay, H for Harry, H for Harry, A for um, Abubakar. Eight for Harry, um, M for Mbabu, and E for Anthony Robinson with two E's. Do you want to know something that precious? So Apparently, confusing. do you want to know something precious? Apparently, Harry um, Anthony Robinson re- like likes the number thirty-three and won't change from number thirty-three because he sees three as two E's. Oh, dyslexic. Yeah, just precious. Love it. It's great. Yeah, fair enough. For those of us who actually know the phonetic alphabet, Hotel, Hotel, Alpha, 8, Mike, Echo. Um, so, yeah, please do join along. We'll post it. In fact, it's a, our pinned tweet at the moment on, it's not called Twitter anymore, it's called x.com, which sounds uh, a little bit pornographic. But Thanks, Musk. Uh, for those who do follow us on Twitter, which is now X, uh, it's our pinned tweet. We'll also chuck it on our Facebook and our Instagram Um Com asks all capitals. I don't think it matters um, with this. I think capitals or lowercase, it, it doesn't matter a huge amount. It's just a six-digit code. So do please join. Um, we will be having a few prizes through the year as well. Uh, we've got some That's So Craven merch in the pipeline that we're working on, and uh, we'll have a prize for the overall winner at the end of the season to be announced, as in once we all work out how much is left in our bank accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, please, please, also, please send in your your measurements for the uh, the lime green mankini. I'm sure it'll fit all of you. <laughs> I can definitely make a lime green full of mankini. Um, but yeah, please do join up. Um, it should be good banter through the year, and we'll we'll feature it during the podcast as well as we go through the season. Um, let's take a quick look. Well, not a quick look. A bit of a dive into the transfer news. Um, so the confirmed signings in, we've discussed a little bit, and obviously we saw them during the Chelsea game. Raul Jimenez for five million from Wolves and Calvin Bassey for nineteen point three million from Ajax. 
Um, Dad, your thoughts? I mean, it's obviously it's not early in the transfer window, but in terms of Fulham signings, it's still early doors. Out of ten, could you give me a rating for how you feel these two signings have have well impacted you so far? Well, in reverse order, Calvin Bassey, I'd give him, you know, I'd give him an eight and a half for what I saw. He had immediate impact, and he looked mm. he looked like he absolutely belonged. He he barely put a, put a foot wrong. Um, he was doing everything, tracking back, making great interceptions. Looked like he actually wanted to be part of um, build ups going forward. He looks like a smart player, mm. and um, I'm very happy to have him. I, I I I don't think it would it would be overstating Jimenez's impact to say he had an incredible game and wasn't he amazing. I think he didn't have that many opportunities, but he looked really hungry and he looked yeah. very, very, very high energy. And, you know, that sort of thing that where you see a player jumping for the ball competitively one-on-one and just trying to crane his neck to to actually get some uh, power behind the ball when there is no power on the ball, that kind of vibe I thought was exciting. And for a guy who has a vulnerability around a head injury. He didn't look like he was hiding. Um, he looked he looked sharp. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I think I'm probably in the camp of I, I just want him to do well. I want this to be a good signing. Um, if, if Mitrovic goes, I'd like us to make another signing, um, yeah, you know, and, and, and spend some – proper pounds on it um but wouldn't it be great if um he was a really high quality alternative not so much a backup but a, an alternative for when we needed something different mm. that we could bring him on and just kind of not go out and have a swing and hope for the best um yeah i right, look uh, you asked for a number <sighs> look i'd, I'd only give him Probably a seven, six and a half, Yay. seven for for what I saw, but I, I think he's more than that. I think he's got more. Uh, interesting. Speaking of uh, Jimenez, before I throw to you, Sammy, for the same question, um, anyone who, or if you ever get a chance, please do watch um, a documentary on Jimenez and the injury and everything that happened afterwards. It's called Raúl Jimenez Code Red. You can find it on mm. YouTube. I think it's it was actually posted by Wolves, but you will watch that and you will fall in love with Jimenez straight away because he's he's and there's a few people who've mentioned it as well. He is just the most normal bloke, the most non-footballer's footballer you'll ever meet, and um, he's had a long long road over the last couple of years since that injury. And um, the fact that he's still playing football, but even still alive, is a bit of a miracle. So. Definitely give that a watch. Sammy, I'll throw to you now um, your grades, I guess, so far for our two signings. Yeah, I haven't had I haven't had chance um, to actually watch that documentary. I've heard, I have heard it's very good. I definitely want to ha- um, I look forward to the pleasure of watching that. Um, yeah, like for Jimenez, I'm going to give him a seven because why not? Um, no, I'm really excited about Jimenez. I, I, I'm really excited for just this type of striker who does have quality, who has um a redemption 
story. Fulham loves a redemption story at the moment. Really good at our redemption stories. I'm really hopeful for um, Jimenez. I, I, I can't see our fan base not getting behind him. Seem, yeah, he seems really, really great. Um, I think he really perfectly fits into the way Silva actually really likes to play. He feels like a mm. real Marco Silva player, and that's mm. something that I'm really, really pumped about. Um, yeah, Calvin Bassey. I mean, I feel like me and Dad are just have the exact same um, <laughs> number rating for um, both these players. Um, I'm really excited about what Calvin Bassey is actually going to bring to us. Um, yeah, I trust Silver. I, 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 I trust. I trust the way that Silver sees um, players and how they fit into the squad. I, I can't actually really think. I mean, aside from maybe Kevin and Barbara, but I can't really think of. But even Kevin and Barbara, uh, he he got that assist against Brentford, didn't he? So like, Kevin and Barbara has given us some stuff here. I trust Silva wholeheartedly, and yeah, I'm really excited about this. But I'm actually just more excited about who else is coming in and what that brings. You know? Yeah. Look, I I'd give Jimenez a slightly lower mark personally. Um, I think we, we're we assuming, I guess, across the board that Mitro leaves. If that's the case, I don't think Jimenez is a good enough replacement for Mitro. Um, so I think it's a, it's a great backup striker and an upgrade on Vinicius, but I don't think it's it's a good enough signing to hang our hat on at this stage. Um, yeah. so I don't know, maybe like a six. He's still going to be a great squad player and a great bloke around the team. He looks like he's already settled in pretty well. Um, Calvin Bassey, I, I think for me, it's like a nine. He's he's young. He's um, had European experience already. He looked like he settled in so quickly into that back line. And I can just imagine once he actually trains for more than, I think he'd only trained for maybe a day before the Chelsea game. Once he actually gets a couple of weeks of training, a couple of months of training under his belt, training alongside Diop, Reem, Tosin, you know, he's going to become a really key player and could be a player for the long-term future as well. I think he signed a four-year contract with the option for a further year after that. Um, He's only 21. So, I mean, that takes him through a very, very long time. Wow. Might be 22. I might've got that wrong. Let me just double check that. He's he's very young still though. He's, he's, he's a player for the future. That's the big thing that I see there. Sorry, he's 23, but still he's, he's young. young. It's not like he's, He's in his late twenties, uh, but to me, he acted like a like a defender who was twenty eight, and mm, someone who yeah. had been doing it for years and years and years. Which is what I really liked is how comfortable he looked in in the job he had to do. Um, so you know, at twenty three, we're going to get hopefully the best years out of him come to coming towards the end of his contract. And now the fact that he already looks this good at twenty three, I'm really excited by this this signing. I, I didn't know much about him, but. Just from that 45 minutes I saw, I, I really, really liked it. Mm. Um, let's have a quick look at the rumours now of uh, players coming in and out. I'll focus on the two main rumours, which are the two wingers, hudson Adoy and Damari Gray. Um, now, the the news that we've seen circulated is that we've agreed personal terms with both of these players. Um, so the of the wage has been agreed. The length of the contract's been agreed, but we haven't agreed a fee with Chelsea or with Everton for the signings. Um, Hudson Odoi, Chelsea have said they wanted 10 million, 
I believe our opening bid for him was four. We've lifted that up to eight. Uh, and che- but Chelsea are holding fairly firm on ten. I expect this one will go for another week or so, but it looks like it's it's going to be happening pretty soon because I, I know there's a few other people interested in Hudson Odoi, but I think he wants to come to Fulham. It's it's not uprooting his life completely. He's already at Chelsea, so Fulham makes the most sense for him. Sam, your thoughts on Hudson Odoi in this transfer? I I'm pretty sure it's going to be the same as you guys. It's just hurry up. Because it's so close. It's so close to just being done. I just want it done. And it's just annoying me the longer it doesn't get done. Um, because I'm like, I, I want to be excited about this. I want to be like ready for it. It feels like it should be done. And it's not done. Do it. I am tired. I am sleepy. It is 1130. Do it. Finish it now. I am sleepy. Okay. You're sleepy, Sammy. Um, Dad, mm. sounds like it's, well... From from all accounts, a really good deal for a player who Chelsea turned down seventy million for just a few years ago. Excuse me. Look, we're we're ten days out from the start of the season. For goodness' sakes, we're nickel and diming over a couple of million. <laughs> it, it's it's ridiculous. It's actually ridiculous for billionaires to be so penny wise and p- kind of pound foolish on this. I don't really get it. I don't get it. Um, it 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 so, makes no sense at all. You know, if we if, if I we can were counter that point margin, though as well, if yeah. I can counter that point, um, you know, Chelsea are out there spending sixty, seventy million. I mean, they spent six hundred million in the last window. They're also nickel and diming over two million pounds here. Um, so surely really, you can say it, the same thing a... back. Well, I think surely you can I think say the same thing just... back about Chelsea's. I, it doesn't matter. It, Chelsea don't need players as badly as we do. So actually, Chelsea can nickel and dime all they like at the low end. They don't, this guy doesn't affect their plans. He's yeah. absolutely surplus to their plans and could be key for us. So who, who's the idiot here? You know, I mean, Tony can kind of, you know, um, sort of face up to whoever he's dealing with on the on the other side. But Really, we've got a week to go. We're short. We need to get him in. Two million is not even a thing. And we just need to yep. get him in, in the house and get him on the training track and start integrating him. It's Ross and Rachel for me. It's like, just kiss. Just kiss, okay? Just kiss and finish this up. Um, mm. A question from Colm on our live stream. Do we know his wages at Chelsea? Um, uh, I did yeah, okay, hear well, that he was on 180000 a week at Chelsea. Um, I do believe he's agreed to a massive pay cut to join Fulham, though, which is, which is good. Um, I, I'd I'd expect he'll he'll probably still be to the in the eighty to one hundred sort of region as one of our highest paid players. But again, this is a guy who he, he's a re, he's a really talented player. He's got a lot of experience. He's played. I think I saw it was um, you know two hundred games under his belt in total across club football uh, as a twenty two year old. Um, he's played at Bayer Leverkusen. He's played at Chelsea. He's got three mm. England caps to his name. Um, he's played all through the the youth ranks in England. He's incredibly highly regarded. You know, as I said, Chelsea turned down a seventy million pound offer for him, um, and that was not that long ago, just a few years ago. So it's it's not like he is a player without ability and without skill. I think it's. I, I understand why we nickel and dime because we nickel and dime for every deal, and you know. It does 
it does work because we pick up blokes like Leno on these amazing deals and we're not smashing FFP and going out there and spending 70 million on players. So we, we're doing it really well. It's just about actually making sure we get it over the line quick enough to benefit us in the long run. Mm. And I think the Damari Gray deal is probably similar. We'll, we yeah. it's, it's touted as being for 7 million pounds. Um, I'd say we're also nickel and diming on that a little bit and, and trying to get him for a bit cheaper. And we do like to do things in installments. We like to add clauses to these deals as well. So it's not overly surprising that these are holding up a bit. Um, the one thing I'll say about these two guys, Hudson Adoy and Damari Gray, um, the benefit for both of these, and I did a bit of research beforehand, um, is Hudson Adoy and Damari Gray are both very flexible and able to play on the left and the right wings. Mm-hmm. Um, across their careers, if you look at where they started games, it's almost a 50-50 split between the left and right wing. Now, Silva has come out and said, we need to sign a couple of wingers. Usually you'd look for one left winger, one right winger. In signing these two, we were effectively signing two left wingers and two right wingers. Um, yep. So it really makes a lot of sense. to, and, and we're doing it for 17, maybe probably combined 20 million pounds. It it's, looks like a really good deal for two experienced players who've played a lot of Premier League football before. Yes, they're not exactly the most exciting world beaters in the world, which a lot of fans on Twitter are having a proper whinge about saying, where's, you know, why aren't we looking at, you know, top class, world class players in these positions? I don't think we're in a position to, having just come up and had our first season safe in the Premier League, look at that level of play of, of a Mudrick and spending 70, 80 million on them and taking a chance. These are, are smart deals and I think they're good deals by Fulham and I hope we get them over the line nice and quick. Again, I like hope. with um, Jimenez as well, these feel like very silver players and I, I, yeah. I, I, can, I can see what he's cooking. I can see, I can see his vision for like that front three and I just want it. I just want it. I'm just, just give it to me, you know, that dad, you're going to make a, make a point there. No, it wasn't that good a point. I was just going to say, get him on after pay. God's sake. Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Not the worst. Oh. Oh. Um, uh, another fairly recent one, but it's, it's sort of floated around in the background for some time. Now, Fausto Vera plays at Corinthians as an Argentinian defensive midfielder. The fee has been touted as 10 million euros, which is about eight and a half million pounds. Um, Look, I don't personally know a huge amount, but from what I've seen, he's a a bit of a Harrison Reed type, but with uh, a bit more creativity to him. Uh, Flies into tackles, uh, lots of blocks in the defensive midfield position, but with a little bit more creativity in, in terms of playing balls forward. Uh, a lot of highlights of him playing big cross-field raking passes um, from almost, you know, the edge of our own penalty area to the wingers. And uh, I was just watching a few of the highlights and I just thought to myself, God, I can see him releasing Willian down the left with one of those raking balls and how dangerous that would actually be for us. And mm. players like, you know, Wilson makes great runs almost all the time. Willian as well, Robinson getting in behind Having someone like that who can play those balls from deep could add another dimension to our creativity going forward. Um, and he looks like a, an interesting option. And again, for eight and a half million pounds, it's not a huge risk. He's uh, Argentinian. He's only, I think, maybe 23. Uh, might even be a bit younger than that. 
He's got some youth caps for Argentina under his belt as well. But obviously, he's only been playing in South America for um, for his career so far. So we're not 100% sure if he can do it in the European leagues. But uh, an interesting rumour nonetheless. On, on that one, um, on that position or that, that area of the pitch, any more on Fred? Um, look, I've, I've seen a few little rumours floating around. I saw that Man United have dropped their asking price from about 18 million down to 12 million. I know Fulham were pretty much not wanting to spend more than about eight to 10 million, which seems to be the way across the board for all of our transfers at the moment. Um, and maybe that's because we can, we see that we need to bring in five players and we can't really afford to splurge on one because it would mean we can't strengthen in other positions. Um, I'd say that Fred transfer is probably going to go right to the very end of the window. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be overly surprised if it falls over. It would be a shame. Um, mm. But the fact that we are quite a way apart in our valuation, I know, I know it's 4 million, but it seems like we're pretty rigid on our sort of 8 million or less stance for Fred and Man United are quite rigid on what they want for him as well, because he, he's a good squad player for them in the first place. I, I think they'd like to keep him around because he adds so much to their team. Will they let him go for a cut price towards the end of the window because they sort of feel the pressure and the pinch? I'm not sure. Here's a question. Here's a question to either of you. I'm not sure if you know the answer to this, but we, we, we have a pretty good flavor for the kind of commercial business person, Tony Khan is, or the Khans are in general, What's the experience in his wrestling world? Is he splashing the cash to grow really quickly and very big? Or is there a similar um, kind of... I can, uh, I can, I can, I can actually answer this. I can answer this in great detail. Tony Khan um, uh, likes to essentially... So all wrestlers are free agents. So essentially you buy them for a um, period of time, but they aren't fully contracted so it's never like anything permanent you you essentially rent them um and tony khan they're, for they're aw on contract yeah yeah but um tony khan gets every single person he can physically get his hands on um uh, he is splashing a significant amount of money um which uh, for a lot of people in wrestling uh have spoken about how it's great for the industry because people can actually get paid again um because for a long time wwe had a monopoly and essentially just did whatever they want but tony khan has plenty of money he has plenty plenty uh, plenty, uh, plenty. Uh, thanks thanks for the background but I, what i'm really keen to know is if he really wants a wrestler does he just go out and buy them, get them pay market for them does he just go out and pay but what is it is he the same sort of nickel and dime thing no if anything world? If anything, he will overspend just to make sure that he gets mm. it. Mm. And uh, he might only get them for a short period of time, but he makes he makes sure that he gets them. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. He, I know, I'm one hundred percent sure on that. Uh, well, I've I've fo- I don't follow the wrestling side closely, but I follow the commercial side closely. They 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 put in about a hundred million at the start to found AEW, and it's been valued at one point five billion since. Yep in the last two years. So it's, he, I mean, they're doing an incredible job commercially with the wrestling side of things. Um, When you have that much money and you're competing against, I mean, this is a, this is a two team league. It's 
WWE against AEW. There's no other teams around bidding for players. Um, WWE release someone, AEW offer them a decent chunk of money. But I I don't think there's a huge amount of overpaying because there's not many people who they let their contract run down with WWE and then they just move to AEW. I don't want to get into a big conversation around wrestling no, 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 not a wrestling no. podcast but you get well, you get it, my it you get my ignorant. question you get my question i'm trying to understand in my, my limited knowledge of tony khan outside of the fulham sphere is, is is this just because his mind he's not that passionate about it it's just one of his business interests and he's i know how passionate he is about wrestling he's like this yeah. is boy pa- boyhood passion and i'm just wondering whether he actually behaves differently outside of Fulham where he spent a hundred million recklessly and forever, you know, got so the biggest criticism the big the biggest criticism of Tony Khan is he literally buys all these wrestlers and does not know what to do with them. Um there's a wrestler called CM Punk uh who he made return to wrestling after 15 years. He was a massive, massive get for him. And essentially he had so many people that he didn't know what to do and how to fit him in. So he essentially created a new brand for him within the other brands that he had within AEW. And it's just become an over-convoluted mess because he can't stop spending money on it. So he's not he's not yeah. shy of dollar and he's not afraid to spend. I, I, I have they're, my they're incredibly They're incredibly different beasts, though, if you oh, consider of course, that. Of course. You know, um, Fulham is worth maybe a couple of hundred million. Um, AEW is worth almost a couple of billion um mm. there you know there's not ffp to consider when you when you're looking at um aew well. so yeah. we 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 can't just spend cash and I, I think that 100 million we were talking about that he did splurge on players a few years ago definitely is sitting in the back of his mind i think he's uh, it, to us it seems like nickel and diming to the people in the commercial team at fulham it's actually more about being smart in the business that we're doing. And I think we do a brilliant job of it at the moment. I think we didn't previously and we're learning lessons slowly, but surely. Um, But you know, they're they're two incredibly different beasts. So I don't think you can really compare the business dealings between the two. Um, Yeah. I totally agree with that. Possibly you could look at what he's done at the Jags and, and compare that a little bit more, but, Again, they've made a lot of mistakes there, but they learn from their mistakes slowly but surely, and um, they're starting to see a little bit more success off the back of that. So, it, look, I, I I don't have a problem with it. I I don't like that it takes so long, but the deals that we've been getting in the last couple of years have been incredible, mm-hmm. um, and so I don't think we can. I, I think we have to have a bit of give and take here, and accept that it takes a little bit longer to get these deals over the line, but we're not lumped with these players that if we got relegated, we'd be in an absolute shit show of trying to get rid of people on massive contracts who we paid massive dollars for. And I, I think what they do in the background actually works really well so far. Uh, I, I, think, I, I don't think know if it'll continue to work well, and I don't know if it's a, the best decisions all the time, but I think it's probably outweighing the negatives at the moment. I think we can all agree as well that Tony Khan's gotten – so much better than spending yeah. how like a hundred million on uh, our return to the top flight a couple of years back. He is. He, I feel that he has 
learned from a lot of mistakes and I, I actually do have a decent amount of confidence in him now. I, you know, just a final word on this. Um, I, I, I'm thinking from, you know, obviously we, we are on a complete outside. There's so much speculation, rumors flying around, but really outside of these clubs, most people know very little about what's mm. really, really going on. Oh. But I just, I, I, I don't know. I, I actually feels like it would be a pretty hard regime to work within if I was silver. Um, yeah, definitely. That's been proven it, it, across it, it, the last you know, seven or eight years. There are shitter clubs than us who seem to be able to get things over the line pretty easily, fairly, without a lot of friction, without trying to be cute. And m- maybe we can't, we don't have these trophy deals where we steal goalkeepers from Arsenal or, you know, whatever. But it, it, it is a pragmatic game about actually getting plays in early. Because if, if, if you are scrambling to fashion a side together that's competitive and actually even know each other in the first month, that could be the difference between 8th and 14th in mm. terms of finishing. I feel I feel that Jack would probably know way more about this than you and me, Dad. But um, I don't really know what like the true history is of like Fulham or particularly the Khans with relationships with other clubs because I do think a lot of that is what it comes down to in establishing key relationships to actually have positive transfers between um, other teams and that. I'd say when they came, uh, I don't in, they had no relationships. I don't think it may. I mean, there's obviously instances where you've got someone like Man City doing deals with Vincent Company, super easy. But I don't think, I, I don't think it makes a huge difference. I, I mm. think, if anything, we we've probably done ourselves a disservice by being nickel and dimers, and clubs would know that we are nickel and dimers sure. and know that we're fractionally hard to deal with. But I don't think we care that much because we get great deals off the back of it. And it seems like, you know, we, we sign, we still sign a lot of players. So it's not exactly like yeah. we, we maybe miss out on our first, first choice, but we usually have a couple sitting in the background as well, ready to go. So uh, look, I, I, I think we've talked about this a fair bit now, but we can probably move on for a minute. Um, one final, well, I'll, I'll throw to a comment from Steve Reynolds on our uh, live stream uh, thoughts on Ward Prowse. Uh, I saw Man, not Man City, West Ham were yeah, trying to make a deal happen with Ward Prowse. It looks like it's not happening. Um, so I think realistically, it looks like he's just going to cost us too much. Uh, if West Ham have a hundred million from a Declan Rice deal and are thinking that they don't want to spend that much on James Ward Prowse, it, apparently it's twenty-five to thirty million that they want for Ward Prowse. I can't really see us splurging that amount of money on him. Um, we'll wait and see, but I would have thought that one's pretty much dead in the water because it's gone very, very quiet since first reported. Yeah. Um, I, mm, yeah. The one rumour of a player going out, there are a couple. I've seen one about Terence Congolo, but he hasn't played a game for us in three years. Um, Tosin potentially leaving. Obviously, we knew this was sort of coming towards the end of last season. Um, he's been flaw- flouted? Flouted to Monaco. Um, they were looking at 4.2 million pounds for him, um, which seems undervalued to me. That deal looks like it's probably not going to go ahead as, uh, Monaco have recently signed, uh, Salisu, who we were also linked with, 
So there have been rumours about Tosin potentially going to Spurs. Uh, I'm starting to think I I could see Tosin actually staying with us for the year and leaving on a free at the end of his contract. To be honest, if we were only going to pick up four million for him, I would rather have him stay for a season and lose him for free. Mm. Could you imagine how much that would hurt Tony Khan? He's nickel and diving on a million pounds for a player we really need. He's going to lose four. Yeah. Well, I mean, we you know we we've still got Knockart floating around. We've still got Cavalero floating around. Oh, Those don't, guys are, are sapping the wage bill, and they're going to leave for a free at the end of next season. Surely Tosin's going to be doing the same. Um, and mm. if you if you're allowing those guys to do it, why wouldn't you just allow Tosin to do it as well when you know that he's more than good enough to play first team football? Yeah. Well, I Tosin's... don't think you are just allowing that to happen. I think you maybe it fits into the too hard to deal with basket where whether we're buying or selling, we just want too much or too little. You mm. know, the market if if no one's going to pay. Tosin's not a rubbish footballer, and if no one wants to pay four point two million for him, he's not worth it. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I look. I'm pretty confident Tosin will go. I mean, I said he would go last year because I genuinely thought he was going to be going in in January. Um, mm. It kind of feels like a bit of a foregone conclusion that he's going to go. Um, I don't really know when or who, but I could also see him staying. But it just feels like he's going to go. And uh, I, not that he's checked out, I, like, um, uh, differently to Mitrovic, I feel that he would just kind of grit his teeth a little bit and then just kind of, just, if, if, if it doesn't go through, he'd be like, oh, okay, I gotta be here till January. I feel that, I feel that it will happen. I just don't really know when. Um, but yeah, I, the, it is the twilight of Tosin, which is sad, but yeah, yeah. We don't yeah, like I said, I'd, I'd happily have him for one more year. Um, sure. And if he leaves it on a free at the end of that, then good luck to him. Maybe we have a great season and he actually goes, yeah, I actually quite enjoy it here and I'd like to sign a, a new contract. But you never know. He might look for, uh, for new pastures and see what's out there. But, yeah, I think that pretty much wraps up. I know there's a lot of other rumours floating around. I don't want to spend – we could spend hours just talking about them, but – these are definitely the ones that seem to be standing out at the forefront at the moment. Um, I'd expect by the time we have the Hoffenheim game on the weekend, we might have either Hudson Odoi or Demario Gray signed. I don't think they'll actually take part in that game, but we'll wait and mm. see. Um, and I'd say there'll be some more news about other players as well. Um, an interesting question here from Colm on the live stream. Do we have space still for two homegrown loans? And yes, we do. Well, we actually have space for two loaned, two loans. Is it two loans? Yeah, two loans from other Premier League clubs. Um, and I, I 100% expect that those two slots will be filled because you're just playing paying a player's wages for the season. I think it makes sense to bring in players from uh, the Premier League who have experience. It's just going to be interesting to see who those players actually are. There's also the possibility that we potentially look at signing someone like, uh, uh, I think is Kalechi Inacho from Leicester, oh, yeah. who um, is still with Leicester. Ooh. I wonder I like if um, he's someone who we could target as a homegrown loan a proper striker who scored goals in the Premier League for Man City and for Leicester um, would be able to come in on loan. 
uh, if Leicester don't get promoted, which I'm sure will, he can go back to Leicester. If they do get, if they, sorry, if Leicester do get promoted, he can go back to Leicester. If they don't get promoted, there's a potential then for us to sign him in place of a Mitrovic down the track or something along those lines. I can see a deal like that potentially happening, but we'll just have to wait and see how everything pans out before the end of the transfer window. Is there any um, any more substance or noise about the rumour around Somerville? Uh, no, I think that was bullshit. Um, <laughs> and the, the joy of uh, following random accounts on Twitter sometimes is you do just see random things tweeted out. I've seen nothing else about that and um, just one person basically say, no, that's not true. Um, there's there's a few other things about a couple of left-backs, Pellegrini from Juventus, uh, Doig from uh, Hellas Verona as well. Look, if, if we get more news about that, they've only just been released today, so I don't want to make comment on those at the moment because there's no real clout to those rumours at the moment, but we, we'll wait and see, and we'll definitely cover it in the next podcast. We'll look to podcast again after the Hoffenheim game, um, when hopefully we'll have a better idea about who's going to be starting our first game against Everton, and we'll have our first proper preview podcast of the season as well. Um, and guys, it's it's flown around quickly. It's ten days from today until the season starts. Oh, Sam, gosh. are you ready? Oh, I'm really not. I'm really not emotionally prepared for it. Uh, like, uh, I okay, I love doing this podcast. I really love doing it. I love doing it, but like, I just don't sleep. <laughs> like when I'm like with like the seasons going, so I'm just really like preparing to just go back into that mindset. It's really rewarding though, so it'll be fine. But I'm just, uh, it's like going back to school. <laughs> but I get to see all Can my I friends. Just say, so very, yeah, Sammy, yeah. no, you're not allowed to whinge about no sleep because. Dad and I, for the last two months, have stayed up till roughly 2 a.m. almost every night to watch The Ashes. Um, and for, for all our English listeners, um, unlucky, never mind. There's always next time. Um, <laughs> I think I'll uh, offer think, them a beer. <laughs> I will say a bit of a shout-out. I did promise to give a shout-out to the uh, people who I had a, a Fulham Ashes chat with on Telegram. Um, nice. Very, very enjoyable winding up uh, Englishmen for Englishmen and Englishwomen for the last few months, uh, and really chucking the chucking the fishing rod out there for everyone uh, during the I games. Did, it's been really enjoyable. I did, I did, I did, I did have a long phone call with Dad because I was like, "Okay, sell me the ashes," and he did. He he, he had a really, really good shot. I wanted to make it a podcast, but that got poo pooed. Um, but yeah, I'm Dad just trying to sell me the ashes from a Fulham perspective, and he did actually do a very good job. I still didn't watch it, but yeah, he did a good job. Yeah, so he didn't do a good job then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, look, it's 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 funny. I I mentioned it to my wife Tegan uh, just the other day. She said, "So when does um, Fulham actually start again?" I said, "Oh, it's about a week or two. She said, "Are you serious?" You've literally watched Fulham for the the whole year, then cricket, Ashes cricket started, and then you're back into it straight away. There's been absolutely no break. And mm-hmm. I said, yep, it's been bloody wonderful. And I'm really looking forward to getting back into Fulham again. Um, Dad, nah, me too. looking forward to the season ahead? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I can't, can't wait, can't wait. Yeah, it's... Um, give me some players. 
Honestly. I 100% agree. I, I, I think I love the way we we I love the way we're going to have a pre-season conversation, but you know that you know it's all going to happen just on deadline day. It's all going to yeah, happen like so it does true. every single 6 months. It's yeah. almost worth a uh, an early morning wake up on deadline day for us because it'll be. Oh, I think that's I like a seven. No, no, it's like a nine a.m. for you, Sam. It's perfect. I am um, not putting it's like that a seven a.m. <laughs> a seven a.m. live stream of transfer deadline day finishing off. I think that would actually be quite interesting to cover off everything. Um, that is a few, a, well, a month away almost now from from today. But look, it's it's been. Great to chat again and wrap up the summer series. Looking forward to this Hoffenheim friendly on the weekend. I think we'll get a much better understanding of how we're going to line up against Everton. I think we're going to see pretty close to a starting lineup against uh, against Hoffenheim. So I'm looking forward to watching that game. Looking forward to ordering my pink kit as well. Hopefully have that ready for, for one of the live streams early in the season. Um, but like I said, um, it's just great to be back. Great to be back talking Fulham and... Great to be podcasting with our little community here who joined us on the live stream as well. Uh, a big thanks to everyone who's supported us, everyone who's already joined the Fantasy League. Um, good numbers coming in already, which is great to see. Sam and Dad, I need you guys to put your teams in as soon as possible. Lead by example, please. Oh, um, <laughs> I know, you got to do it, I'm though. So you guys might win. I, I'm you, going to forget. I'm just I'm going Doesn't to matter. forget, and I will be I will be happily called out on the podcast on a weekly basis about it. But I'm gonna I just know I'm gonna forget. I'm not gonna forget. You might win some then... great that's so craven merch, so it's oh, definitely worth well, it. Then I have to, I have to then because that's yeah, I have to, I have to. So guys, <laughs> let's let's wrap it up there. Thank you again. Uh, a big shout out as well to Sammy for the uh, intro music that you will be hearing on the podcast and the outro music too, uh, fully composed by Sam. Well done. It's obviously been a bit of a change recently. I think we changed it just at the right time when Mitro had a meltdown. Um, but yeah, great little great little tune there. And I think everyone will hopefully associate that with the pod going forward. So everyone, until next time, come on you whites. Whites.